Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. And happy Monday, April 10 already. I believe we are still in Passover week. We're gonna ask David uh, Herzog about that in a few moments when we bring him on. Uh, welcome to Elijah Streams. We're gonna do two uh, different things today. We're gonna bring in a, lo- a little longer report from Mike and Lori Sally who both who work both full-time for this organization, Elijah Streams, as well as their own in Uganda. That's how we're able to get the wells done because it's like direct supervision. So let's go ahead and bring in Mike and Lori now. See if we can do this right. Hey, good to hey, see you guys. Good. It's good to see you. Tell people where you're uh, out of, where are you broadcasting from there? So we're, we're in Mississippi. So we, uh, we live in south of Jackson, Mississippi. And uh, we've been here for about nine years or so. Wow. Um, but obviously, we used to live up there with you in Oregon. That's how we met. Yeah. Now, t- tell people real quick, just a real short version of the Field of Dreams that you all built that village. And, you know, give us a quick backstory. Yeah. So we have we have about 40 acres of property in Uganda, Africa. We began, I believe, in around 2006 purchasing that property. We've been working there since around 2003. Wow. And so it was in a just really heavily bush, heavily Muslim village. There was nothing out there, no electricity, no water, um, very mm-hmm. few people, actually. But we felt like the Lord called us to to put it in that place. And so the reason it's called Field of Dreams is from the movie Field of Dreams, which many of you know. And there's a line in that movie that says, if you build it, he will come. And if you build it, they will come. And so we felt like it was going to be a place that if we built it, we would have people come from all over the world to this place and that people would experience the love of the Father. So that's kind of what the, really what the movie Field of Dreams is about, is connecting with the Father. So. Yeah, next time we have you come on, we, we should show, I know you, I've seen at least one uh, drone shot that you did at least from that village. I'd love to see a, uh, at least even if it's an older video where they can see that beautiful village you guys have built. You guys do quality work. Um, you know, I'm just amazed at what you can do in a foreign country, especially when you're not there all the time. So... Well, talk about, uh, set this up. We've got a video of the medical clinic that our viewers 100% paid for, if I understand that right. Yes. And so talk, Laurie, let me just throw that to you and set so this up. So we are so, so thankful for every donor, every partner of Elijah Streams. The video we're going to show you, it, it's it's exciting for me to see it, but it's just a building. And so I wanted to kind of set the stage before we look at it. We, like Mike said, we're in an area that's predominantly Muslim. There's a lot of witchcraft going on. There used to be child sacrificing. I don't know if there still is. I haven't heard, but there's a witch doctor that doesn't live very far from us. And, you know, we started doing the water wells, and that has been a huge, huge impact. The Muslims started doing water wells. We started building this hospital. The Muslims started building a hospital. It's like this competition that's going on. But I, I wish people could see. It would be awesome if we could show that drone footage sometime because this is an area that the people don't have electricity, they don't have running water. You know, we're helping them with clean water now, which is huge, but but their life is just challenging. And so this building that you're getting ready to see is almost like a, a lighthouse on a hill. It's like Jesus showing up to say, I love you, I care about you, I, I want to provide healing for you. So not only are we providing fresh water, literal and spiritual, but now it's healing, it's health, it's it's life. And right next to this hospital is a maternity center that we have as well. And Mike and I were just blessed with a grandson. Mm-hmm. And so just the thought, as you're watching this video of this hospital, I want you to picture people that had nothing, that, that didn't have a place to go to get health, to get um, doctor's care and get lab tests and we know god can heal supernaturally but we also know that he gives us wisdom and knowledge to use the things on this earth to bring healing to people and so as you're watching this video i just want you to think about people that once had no place to go now have a nice quality beautiful spirit-filled facility and and i think it was about i said it's been a little over a year ago when we sent you the money I think you said the, the cost was going to be about 150000 And that money goes a lot further over there in Uganda than it goes. Right. You could not do that over here. So no, I want to be a more. really phenomenal facility. Okay. See it. Yeah. Okay, well, let's jump in and, and play that video. I think it's about four minutes. So here we go. 
I'm here at the new Show Mercy Medical Center, Hospital, Health Center. They call it everything. It is an amazing, amazing building. I'm just gonna try and take you in and I hope this video does it justice so you can actually see what you've invested in. Things take a lot longer than we think sometimes and so right now we have the carpenter is finishing up his portion. They do everything by hand here and so, you know, they get the tree and then they dry it out and all of that. So this is the waiting area. It's very light and airy in here. I think this is like the reception. So you're gonna come and you're gonna check in. They've got a nice little office area for all of the records and different things like that. And then the way they constructed the building was to do a long hall and off of it are all kinds of rooms. So this is going to be the male ward. We'll be able to, to have four people sleep over, which is awesome. Same thing in here. This is going to be ladies ward. This is our lab. It's an awesome, awesome room. And then this one, we wanted to give people an opportunity to have a more of a private room. So they actually have their own bathroom. This one, which is the biggest room, is going to be the children's ward. We're actually debating and talking, praying through whether we want to one day really focus on malnourished children because there's so many out in this community. And maybe having this facility not just be for adults, but maybe just be for kids. So we're praying about that. This is a really cool thing we did here. So we made another door right here so that people that are being treated in the maternity ward can step out, not have to go through the whole hospital with all the sick people. They can just come in here and then we're moving our ultrasound machine to right here. so many people it's incredible the other day um, Saturday we were driving to go to one of our Subi clubs Subi means hope in Uganda and it's our children's club so we're doing I think eight of them now in eight different churches we gather the children every Saturday so we we're driving way way out to go to one of the Subi clubs and we also went to go see one of the water wells that you um, donated and um, on the way there the team was showing me that the Muslims I told you we're in a Muslim village the Muslims are building a really big new mosque as well as a really nice hospital. I wish I could go and check it out. But anyways, like I told you, it's kind of like they're copying everything that we're doing. But this is the medical center that you have donated towards. I can't wait till we get it open. So thanks again for your generosity. Um, you'll know when you get to heaven how many lives you've touched. So thank you. That's really interesting how the Muslims are copying uh, everything you did. I'm, I'm trying to, in, in my brain i'm going so maybe it's a partially a good thing that they're copying because now there's a hospital for the muslims what, what are your thoughts on that yeah i mean that's the positive way to look at it but honestly i feel like we've been seeing more of a breakthrough lately we've been pioneering in this muslim village in these water wells in this new hospital also one thing we didn't show is elijah streams purchased an ambulance which again is a oh, huge yeah, we'll show that. She's got that picture there. That is a huge deal because these people are in the middle of nowhere. They don't have cars. They have no way if if they need emergency services, we're not gonna offer um, um, surgeries and stuff. So if there's something that's seriously life-threatening, now we have a way to get them into the the main hospital in Kampala. And so this is a lifesaver too. And it, what I was saying is, is God is beginning to do amazing things. He's been doing amazing things, but we are seeing his kingdom manifest in these villages. And we know that we know it's because of the water wells. I think at the end of this month, we will have done 113. Gee. There have been thousands of people that have given their lives to Jesus. But now we're starting to see miracles show up. This last, last month, we had 
this woman that couldn't see, she, she had blurry vision. She wasn't totally blind, but she had blurry vision. She was on the way to one of the water well commissioning where they do a big party and open up the water well. And she ran into our team and she said, I want somebody to pray for me to see. I want to be able to read my wow. Bible. So they prayed for her four times. On the fourth time, she could see. She could totally read. Oh We've had people gosh. that couldn't walk. That, that their their feet just got healed and they were able to start walking again. We've had Muslims giving their lives to Jesus. And that is a huge, 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 huge deal. So this, this new hospital is not only going to bring healing and health to the people, but it's just a sign and a wonder in itself. And I was going to ask you too about the water wells. Did we give the water for free to anyone? And is it true that the Muslims charge for the people for their water wells or what? They do. Yeah, there's a there's a fee for them to use it, and um, and there's certain hours and stuff like that that they have. So we're trying to make it free at the same time, having the the people in the the community also take ownership of it and maintain it themselves, and so that it's not just a handout. We want them to be involved in it as well. That's good. So, That's so good. I understand why they why they charge a little bit, but at this point, hours are free. And I just wanted to mention something about the miracles and stuff. We're the people that are coming on mission trips, we have a lot of people right now that are coming. These are not people that are used to seeing miraculous. And so I just wanted to like make that clear. These are people that maybe don't have a context necessarily for miracles, but our team is encouraging them, pray, pray, pray. And so these are not the anointed people that grow up in revival. These are everyday ordinary believers that come wow. out and believe what the Bible says, and they're seeing miracles happen at their hands. And then it's it's really it's doing a work and then when they go back home and tell all the people in their church what's going on well I, and i just i want to thank you guys for doing that because you, you you're working that in that village you built that for whatever it's been 20 years or, or so now and you're also working full-time for us and it's all working together you're helping us to look into the ethiopia's uh, some situations there we've already done some work in nepal uh, i can't remember if you were involved in one of those but we've done at least three wells in nepal Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we're looking at doing, we've, we've, we've connected some people on Native American, at least, was it a Native American soil where we connected some homes? What, what was it where we did that? Yeah, it was in South Dakota. Okay. Dakota Sioux Tribe. Uh -huh. We've connected, uh, I believe it was 10 homes to the uh, water source there that didn't, it was a long distance from the main water source to their homes and they couldn't afford it. So we've yeah. done that. a lot of other smaller projects as well. But and we got tornado relief. We've got um, human trafficking support that Elijah List has been doing. Um, if you're involved with Elijah List, um, Elijah, Elijah Streams, excuse me. If you're involved with Elijah Streams, you and you're giving to Elijah Streams. There's so many things that I never knew about until I began working here that you're helping with. I mean, I, I think everybody would be shocked with the amount of generosity that comes because of you through Elijah Streams. And so there's so many avenues of people that are. Um, getting involved and getting help. Um, it's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And so well, and we're well, seeing it behind the scenes, it's, it's huge. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. And it's like, I, I, I'll often sit there and go, well, are we a prophetic organization or are we a, a sort of like CBN's operation blessing? We're sort of like that. We're sort of like a prophet ministry whose primary outreach is giving to the um, downtrodden, the poor, the unreached, the unsaved of the earth. Uh, wherever there's there, you know, we we purpose to give where other people can't give or don't give or aren't giving. So, you know, Paul all, all even wanted as an apostle wanted to go where the gospel had not yet been preached, and so we're kind of like that. Even those wells were putting the wells up. You guys pioneered this. You know, we just paid for the wells and it just began to develop. I didn't know we were going to have dedications of every well. I didn't know people were going to get saved. Uh, by the thousands, but now the people that are giving know that that's happening. I just want them to, well, we better run because I got to get this other uh, part going. But Mike and Lori, thank you so much. God bless you. Honor thank you. you. Have a great day. Amazing, you guys. So, okay, we'll see you guys later. That was amazing. All right, let's bring in David uh, Herzog. Uh, so, here we go. I don't know if we have a stinger on that. There we go. Here we go. And we do. That part was called a stinger that we just put all those faces there. So now you know. David Herzog. Am I saying your name right? And I, is it Herzog? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, you said it perfect. You, you, you practice, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it's good to see you. You've been, this I think is at least your third time, maybe your fourth. I'm not sure, but 
Um, you are a prophet. You are when you you were you prophesied at the inaugural breakfast when I was there. You are an evangelist extraordinaire. You are a teacher. So you're all of these things. We talked about that. So um, you've got a lot to say about what God's saying over America and over Israel. But I also want to hear some reports about. And people need to know, I think we've sowed with, with our viewers money into like three of your crusades, I think. Yeah. Uh, and so with, with Israel and we did, a, we helped support a Pakistani one from last year. And then there was an, I can't what, what the third one was, something that's coming America, up. Or, Awaken. Did oh, that already Arizona. happen? Did that already happen? Uh, the Awaken Arizona. Yeah. Well, jump in wherever you want and, and uh, bring us up sure. to date. Yeah. So Pakistan a few weeks ago was awesome. Awesome. We saw again, over a hundred thousand saved. Uh, packed out and people they, they bust them in from all over it was this one was in Fazlabad, the third largest city in Pakistan and what was amazing is we always see a lot of miracles but the, this time the deliverances are off the charts really I mean you know people come in stretchers and they get healed and miracles happen but this one it was like waves of people manifesting and getting to just demons coming out just like like everywhere and they had never seen so many deliverances salvations and then what they said was unique was they've never seen so many get baptized with the Holy Spirit speaking tongues. They come yeah. in Muslim and they come out saved, delivered, and speaking in tongues. They said, well, most people come here and they just get them saved and, you know, maybe a few healings and that's it. You, you've seen a lot of miracles and you never had so many deliverances. Like, that's what they told me. And then so many getting baptized, speaking in tongues. They said, no one does that. Most people, most evangelists just wait till like they go to church somewhere maybe and eventually... But I was just on the stage thinking, well, why wait? God, God's in a hurry. Let's just do it now. And it just a few minutes later, just the Holy Spirit. So you on lead them, them into uh, deliverances? I mean, you, did you did you intentionally pray for deliverance? Um, at moment well, or what? I, I just after they after I led them to salvation, and then when I started doing the prayer for healing and people were getting healed, just it just came on me. I just said, in the name of Jesus, I command every demonic power that's holding you captive to come out. You know, it was like, and it's just like like a roar just came out of the crowd and. And they had a lot of different shots of people just going nuts and then free. And then they come up on the stage and testified, many of them. Oh, I had the sickness, I had this, but I had this demon, and I could not get free. And and suddenly it's gone. It's gone. That's it's crazy. crazy. Well, you so, know, I, I, I would just say this. You and I have been getting to know each other over the last number of years, but not just anybody can go there. It's just me saying this. You didn't ask me to say I don't think just anybody can go there and say, okay, David did that, so I'm going to say the same thing and, and see the same results. It may not happen for you because you've sown and you've sown. You've told me story after story about where you showed up and in faith you you rented a hall or something. I mean, it's been a couple of years since you began to tell me these stories. And so you you uh, operate in a gift of faith, I think, as well. So I don't know. How would you describe why or how, you know, it operates so much through you? You sought the glory. I don't want to do, tell your story for you, but... What would you say? I mean, to me, it's use or lose it. So the Bible does say we can heal the sick. We can all cast out demons. So okay. as far as a gift, we can all do that. And, then, and the more you do it, the more God it increases. You know, I remember Charles and Francis Hunter used to share how they prayed for a thousand people. No one got healed. And wow. then finally on their thousandth person. But they know the word says. So I think those are watching. Yeah, we move in this. And the more you do it and the glory, the more it happens. But I'd encourage you, don't think, well, David's got that gift. So that's his thing. We can all heal the sick, That's cast good. the demons, That's Jesus. And the more you do it, the more it increases. I know it's like a muscle, like working out. The more yeah. you do it, the more confidence you have, and the more God's grace starts to move through you. So, but yeah, yeah John, the more, we do it a lot. So it's more. John Weber used to teach them the same thing. He'd say, well, nobody's getting saved. And John would say, well, go pray for 200 people or 300 people. Then tell me nobody's getting healed or saved. Yeah. And so his thing was just keep doing it and doing it and doing it until, you know, it's like, God, I don't know. It's God's funny because... He, he could just zap it, but he makes you, it's almost like he makes you work for it, but I don't mean yeah. uh, as in, he, he, he wants you to begin to trust him for the timing and for the situation. So exactly. it's very interesting. So, well, show so that picture. You I, somewhere you have authority. When you're sent somewhere and God sent you, you have, you have authority also. The authority for that mission trip is really important that God told you to go. So that's the yeah, So, you know, when you go there, you understand that we're not just going there because this but that God told us to go. Mm -hmm. So now I know so then he gave us the resident authority, just like he gave his disciples authority. So exactly. Yeah. Show that picture. We got a couple of pictures from Pakistan, I think. Um, so that's one. Wow. How many people were at that event? Over 100,000. 
And is it like they, they virtually all raise their hand to get saved or how does that work? Pretty much. I'd say 90% of them. I mean, and I would keep asking, wait, wait, back up. How many of you have never accepted you? And I would triple make sure it's not just, they, didn't, they just all raised. No, and they're like, no. And they. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. And then, you know, and then but the pastors bring him in. So they're on buses and they're coming from. So we, we raise the money. You, you helped a big part of it and bring him in from all over. And then they get followed up by the leaders, by the pastors, by the. And so they know. I mean, they're like And you can tell. I mean, they're not. You can tell by the demons manifesting. I mean, so when you have 100,000 people, I can only see maybe 20, 30,000 like as far as my eye could see, then it's just yeah. like dots, you know? So what I could see was just mass, just deliverances. And you, you could tell they're Muslim. They're not, I mean, you could just, you just know they're not saved. <laughs> Trust yeah, me. Yeah. When you're talking, they're not going amen at the beginning. They're just looking at you like completely stoned. Just yeah, like, it oh, seems like you once, I saw a video when you were leaving a crusade and I think you said something about needing to book it out of there while you could, because there's a security issues. I mean, is that, do you still have to watch out for that? Because um, it depends. So it depends who you work with. That was years ago in Africa. Okay. Um, Africa, you know, we, we saw paralytics walking, all this stuff, but they, they've seen that. But suddenly when they saw gold teeth happening, like happens in Argentina, I don't know why the crowd went nuts. I guess gold. Ah, and they charged the stage just wanting to touch us. I don't know <laughs> what the heck. And that's when they had to make a human chain and get us out and calm the crowd down and come back. Because I guess they had never seen signs and wonders like that. They'd seen like the classical miracles, but then it was just still awesome. But just like a, to me, just a sign. Okay, a lady had to go, you know, all this. But to them, it was like, what the heck? It is going nuts. You know? <laughs> and it was a Muslim area, too. That's amazing. Now, let's see, where do I want to go? Um, uh, is there anything that they wake in Arizona when uh, that one's come and gone, right? That, how, yeah, how yeah, did that go? yeah, we just did it. It was awesome. It was awesome. We had a dog, the bounty hunter. So he, he drew a lot of the oh, unsaved. Oh, that's right. On the show, we had Daniel Kalinda, who does massive crusades in Africa. Myself, my wife, and then uh, some worship teams, and Sean Foyt was with us, and others. It was awesome, and a lot of every every, every hour. So we had like worship for an hour, then a speaker, worship for an hour, the speaker. Every wow. hour, people keep getting saved, 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 and and not just saved, like deliver again. Deliverances are happening there. Deaf ears are opening, so it was awesome. And our so it's not just went, in Pakistan. You're saying this is happening in America. This it's even happening in our revival center, like this to yesterday. You know, like deaf ears, deliverances, and. And our teams went every weekend to, around the stadium or the amphitheater. It's an amphitheater, and did evangelism. If you were getting saved every week before that, getting healed, getting saved, so it was kind of a buildup. So yeah, America needs it. Everyone needs it. You know, we all need. We, it's this. It's time for harvest. It's harvest time. Uh, you know, uh, we had you come on here. I'm already forgetting what we call the the, the Kentucky revival. What what did we call that? Oh, uh, it was the Asbury. Asbury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you went there, okay, and you saw what was real going on, but what you're doing here is just as real. How would you relate what, what, what happened there versus, I'm not saying one is better. I'm not asking for that. I'm just saying, yeah. is God doing different things in different places or how would you describe? Well, like, so we're in a stream of revival, right? So revival and the glory and the prophetic. And, and then Asbury was a school that was like Wesleyan where they don't, it's not known to move in that or even teach on speaking in tongues or healing. And yet that's all was all happening there. So I think God's just touching every nook and cranny to the ones already in revival or believe for all that stuff to those who don't even teach it. And it's just happening, but they let it happen. They didn't stop it. I saw deliverances right in front of me. People testifying miracle healing, confession of sin, repentance. So I think it's just all converging. So repentance of sin, every revival has, has that repentance. And so like he's, it's almost like you're saying God's meeting every revival at the place that he can, you know, the, the common denominator is Jesus Christ, and yeah. he'll probably expand it as much as they'll allow him with the Holy Spirit speaking times deliverance. And if yeah. maybe maybe if Asbury they're not they're not stressing that God's probably so, saying, well, yeah. yeah, I'm fine with that. Let's just get people saved. Yeah. Really, I don't know what do you. Well, the, well, the, so the Wesleyan thing. So in our camp, it's salvation, right? We get saved, and the next thing we think of is okay. When did get baptized? The Holy Spirit speaking tongues. Yeah. Then it's salvation. Okay. And then it's interesting. The second thing to them is the baptism of holiness. Okay. I shared that last time. So, and then in their movement, people confess their sins openly, like in the microphone. I had this. So that was happening. And that's kind of what they do. And, and that's and that's true because we don't, in our camp, we don't really say, like we say, confess it to God. They're confessing to, they have students come up, hey, confess your sins to these guys on the altar here. They're going to pray for you. 
And sometimes when you confess one to another, there's, so I think even that camp, our camp could learn from that. Yeah. You know, sometimes you got to confess to a person and then it breaks off, but not like a priest, but like confess your faults one to another. And somehow when they would share their sins, they felt freedom, you know? Yeah, so I that's think, really good. I think all the movements have little nooks and crannies and nuggets that maybe we need. I think God's going to touch all the denominations. He's just, even if they don't want it, he's just going to start moving and they're going to go, oh, this is great, you know? That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about, um, I don't want to talk, let's jump to Israel for a minute because we're going to talk yeah. both about the bigger picture of, of Israel, but remind people about this event. We did show this one other time in Israel. We pulled those pictures up. We sent three. We actually sponsored this event. I don't know if we paid for all of it or a portion of it, but there was 300 Ukrainians. And and so you showed them around Israel because they had just like arrived in Israel recently. Is that right? Yeah. So, so these are mostly Ukrainian and Russian Jews. About half okay. of them had recently arrived from the war in Ukraine, fled with just the clothes on their back. But even the ones that live there, you know, they're broke. They're poor. They don't speak the language very well or at all. And so they come, so we offer them in the groups we work with a free tour. That's kind of the draw. Hey, visit, we get to visit the rest of Israel that you never got to see. You're living in some little area. They go, this time they got to go to Galilee area. They go on the Jesus boat. They visit all the stuff. And then they have, we have pastors on all the buses. I think like six buses. And then at the end, they get a free banquet. We rent a wedding hall, like four or five course meal. We bring this violinist in, they're incredible, they're from Moldova. And they're just like, wow. And they're seeing fellow Ukrainians and fellow Russians. And they start dancing around. And, and the glory starts coming in. Really? And I get up to share. And they know they're going to hear a message. But they're told, you know, you don't have to respond. It's, it's free. Just whatever. Just come. And, and they know it's about the God. They know it's going to about Jesus. But they're they're like, you know, you need to learn. That's part of Israel's history. That's kind of how they sell it. And they come. And then I just start, hey, someone's here being healed. This, this, this check your body. And they're like, Oh my God, my tumor's gone. Oh my ears. <laughs> really? so, and then they're talking to each other in Russian and Ukrainian, you know, you really, and I go, what's going on? What's going on? I hear a commotion in the back. So I bring the mic over and they're like, Oh my gosh. So they're watching their fellow, you know, friends. And they're like, then I keep going, you know, God is real. He just proved it. And I keep going. And at the end I say, you know who did these miracles? It wasn't me. It was Yeshua. You're a Jewish Messiah. God brought you here. It was prophesied you'll come back from the ends of the earth back to your homeland. And not only that, he wants to know you and he died for you, rose from the dead, and just share the gospel. And they're just, and something just clicks and they're like, and how many want this right now? You want to give and they just it's amazing Gee. because they're the low-hanging fruit, because they're the Bible says the gospel is preached to the poor. Yeah, it the is poorest among it? them. And they're like they're kind of like outsiders, they're Jewish, but they're not really religious. They don't really fit in yet to Israeli society. So they stick with their own people that they know. So it, so it's just like, and there's tears going, you know, they're, they're traumatized from the war. It's amazing. It's amazing. I, every time amazing. I'm amazed because it's not normal. You don't see that normally in Israel. Oh, and we talked about uh, last time, I want to, I want to expand on this a little bit to the, the, the Bible talks about to the Jew first, that the gospel is to go to the Jew first. I know Sid Roth has talked a lot about yeah. uh, making sure it goes to the Jew first. And there's, uh, there's a, it's almost like there's a promise Maybe it's implied or maybe it's stated in a, in a way, but that if you take the gospel to the Jew first, everything else kind of falls into place. I don't know. What is your thought about um, getting someone saved in Israel versus Pakistan? We talked about that a minute off the air. Tell them what you told yeah. me. Yeah. So basically, so Romans 11, Paul was the, the number one master apostle evangelist. So he gives his strategy how he won the whole Roman Empire when he went to Rome or Greece or wherever, Ephesus. So he goes, okay, God told me I'm an apostle of the Gentiles. But in order to do that, God gave me a strategy. Romans 11, I think it's verse 13. I go to the Jew first and try to save even just some of them. Wow. Or make them jealous for the gospel. Wow. And then the next verse says, and therefore I magnify my ministry. His ministry to the Gentiles. So his strategy, if you read the book of Acts that way, reread it after the show. You'll go, oh my gosh, you're right. Look what he went to the Jews here. He got in trouble. They tried stoning him. He got out in a basket. from a, The Romans had to deliver him. But he got a few saved. Then he goes over here and masses get saved. Then he does it again and again and again. Everywhere he went, he would go to the Jew first. Wow. And the I, did not, and like, I did not realize Yeah, I didn't know that. either until you start, your eyes start opening. You're like, oh, my gosh. And he gives you the key. And because, But here's why, biblically, because Jesus, when is Jesus coming back? Everyone wants to know. So people think, well, when the Great Commission's finished, right? When, when Saudi Arabia gets saved, maybe North Korea, the last strongholds in the world that haven't heard the gospel, Nepal. But actually, Jesus said, they asked him, when are you coming back? When are you restoring everything? 
He goes, when you, the Jews in Israel, when you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So when there's a remnant of Jews in Israel born again, that triggers the return of the Lord. But then that also triggers before that the worldwide harvest. So every Jew that gets saved in Israel accelerates the Gentile harvest. Because then the Gentiles also make the Jews jealous for their Messiah. So it's, it's back and forth. That was key. I mean, so that was so I saw friends in, in Israel by Pakistan, and they're like, oh, what? I'm jealous. Even no, the they born again ones get jealous. How does that happen? Wait, we're, we're God's people. How come they're getting? Wait a second. So like it creates that, that we, need a, we need God, you know. So that's why we, we go, we bless Israel first. We also bless them separately with humanitarian. We have our own humanitarian organization, in, Israeli-based inside of Israel. And there you're not allowed to evangelize and give food. It's illegal. So it's separate. We blessed. And a lot of those people did come to that before. But we, we just every week, you know, our teams are giving them food. Even during the pandemic, medical supplies, help with their kids, school supplies. We, we do that every month. And we help them physically. And then separately, it's spiritually we help them. So every time we bless Israel towards revival, salvation, or their needs, God blesses you, your ministry. Your, look at America, our nation. Because we stood with Israel, so that that's a huge key. So they, people say, "Well, you could win with that much money that it costs to do that in Israel. You can win way more souls in this country." But it's not about that. It's strategic. The blessing Israel is what unlocks the salvation worldwide. That is so key. I never thought of it that way. And I bet, like you said, you didn't till till you till you studied that. Why well, it was a revelation it hit me when I was a missionary in France. I was there for twelve years, living in Paris, and I said, "Lord, how are we going to win these French people? No one even cares about who God is, much less Jesus." And I fasted for three days, and he, that's when he gave me this revelation, Romans 11. He says, it was, this was 1994. He goes, go to the Jew first, and then I'll give you France, the Gentiles. What would Paul do if he was there? That's what he would do. And that's what we did. And actually, we went to Israel from France on, a, on an outreach. I led 13 people to the Lord. And when I got back to France, I was in five years of revival nonstop. And he really? had a six-month revival, longest in 50 <laughs> years. Really? And I go back to Israel again. I did it again. And, and then we were doing the civic centers in France. Then we were doing the TV open. So that strategy has always worked. So if you're watching yeah. and, you know, pray for when's the next, When's your next crusade in, uh, in, in uh, Israel? Do you have so, one coming up? Yes. So we just talked to the people there in Israel. We're going in July now. They want me to come back in July and do another one. Because so many events are happening right now in Israel, if you watch the news, that they feel like we got to hurry this up. The time is short. We have to speed up the harvest there. Is this another one that's going to be one of those, like, 300 people at a time? Exactly. You know what? Gonna I'm going to just more. tell you right now, we're going to commit to uh, sponsoring that along with that. You can tell me off the air what your budget is, and we'll see what we can do. So but uh, I, this comes from – it's our viewers who are who are donating. They're hearing this appeal. Mm -hmm. So, uh, And if some of you get want to get a hold of David uh, directly, thegloryzone.org, I see that there. We're not done here yet, but I just want to point sure. that out. Or you can give it to us if we're giving it. Either way is fine. Thank you so much. Uh, but we want to bless it, especially – that what you just said about Israel, I'm sitting here thinking, why would I, <laughs> why would I not do this right now when you just explained that dynamic? You're you getting know, revelation. Yeah, you get, I you mean, get excited you know, when you get revelation. You know. Yeah, it's very much so like that. So, and I love the whole thing about there's something in the Jewish mind, I guess. But Paul says, you know, that he that what if God chose to to cause the Jews to be jealous through what he did to the Gentiles? He knew that causing them to be jealous was key, right? That was one of the, the two keys are to the Jew first. And the other one was, if it didn't work, let's just make them jealous by seeing other people get God without them, right? I don't know. And, and what people group do you think would make them the most jealous if, if they saw another race getting the glory that they had, the miracles, the signs? What people group would, would you think would make them the most jealous? The Muslims, their enemies. They're oh, miracles. I see. They're getting saying. revival. Wait, that's our, yeah. And then they're praying. And then they get saved. They start praying for Israel. They say, I, I know people in Pakistan that love Israel. They, they pray for them. And so it's like something's happening. They're not jealous of like about, you know, oh, you have, you celebrate Easter, which is really Ishtar should be called Passover. So that's why they're not jealous. Cause they're like, well, that's pagan. Why do you guys call it Ishtar Easter? That's goddess of Ishtar, which yeah. is true. Yeah, pagan. So we have stuff mixed in Christianity that's pagan. So that's not what they're jealous about. They're yeah. jealous about, Oh my God, God's with you. We were in Israel one time during the feast and we had these meetings and these kind of rabbis in training were there looking in the window. I think it was during Passover and the glory was hitting and the joy and the miracles. And they're looking kind of upset. Like these aren't Jewish people. You know, we just tore from America. And it's like, yeah, but we're your brother from another mother, same father, Abraham. We got grafted in. 
And so I said, so we got the same promises and you can have it. It's yours. I mean, this is your, this is your Messiah. And he, and he wants you to have it more than, you know, like it draws them. One time wow. Tabernacles, we were there in the joy at our group and they were laughing and they were, and, and then they go to the elevator and this rabbi guy's there, the real serious guy, his name is Isaac. And, and the girls are so drunk in the spirit that they were on the floor of the elevator trying to push the number of the room. Oh, I don't remember what my room number is. What? And he's horrified. What? It was the first night of Sukkot, Passover. And they go, what's your name? And he goes, my name is Isaac. And they go, but Isaac means laughter. Why are you so serious? Ah. <laughs> and he knew the word. And he goes, and the Feast of Tabernacles is supposed to be the most joyful feast. Why are you so serious? And he realized, he goes, that's true. He goes, okay, pray for me. And they go, receive. And, and the joy hit him and his wife. Very religious Jews that were there trying to celebrate, the, you know, logically do the right thing. And so the Gentiles, are getting they have the spirit of God moving on them, salvation. The Jews have the, the word of God. They, they can explain better than most Christians what the word really means. So it's like we each have something to give to help yeah. each other with. But they realize, wow, I don't have the joy, the spirit. I have the logical trying to obey the feast, but I don't have the outpouring. You know, like, so it's it's exciting. That's amazing. That's amazing. But you can so, get in trouble, too, doing the gospel. I mean, it is dangerous, too. Like, it, it's not always. Is, can you get even in Israel? Are you saying that's that's true, even in Israel? Well, they tried to pass a law a few weeks ago, but it didn't pass. Netanyahu said, no, we're not going to allow it. They tried to pass an anti-evangelism law. So right now, legally, you're allowed to share the gospel to any adult. But anyone under 18, you go to jail for a year. You can go to jail. In oh, Israel? Yeah, it's, it's illegal. It's, it's always been, it's been like this for a long time. Illegal to share to youth the gospel. Now, unless you're a youth and you share youth, maybe there's a loophole there. But they tried to pass a law a few weeks ago. Only two guys in the whole Knesset, they're ultra-Orthodox. like, And they're trying to pass a law that anyone that shares the gospel in any way, print, social media, talking to your coworker, that just says, oh, why are you reading your Bible? You could go to jail for a year, for a year for two for adults, two years for um children. So 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 that's so that Netanyahu stopped it because everyone was upset. Like, I can't believe this. I thought you you love our Christian communities. Oh no, we're not so he just they didn't even put it up for a bit. It was just two people. But it shows that that's the you know, that's it's kind of going that way eventually if, if they have their way. Not him, but the coalition around him. So but in the but God he he's got it all figured out, you know, he, he knows what he's doing. That's amazing. Now, the yeah. um, I've got on my list here, America's prophetic timeline for revival and harvest. What do you want to say about that? Um, you know, you've uh, there's so much going on politically, economically. There's even a threat of World War III being upon us if something doesn't change. I mean, mm -hmm. jump in anywhere on that as, as a bigger picture. Some of the things God's showing you about America, what's ahead, what about wars, anything that you have. You know, obviously, I'm not going to have you say anything you, that God hasn't shown you, but. Yeah. So, again, you know, so Israel's always the barometer. So whatever okay. is happening worldwide, if it happens to Israel, it will happen to us. When they start getting terrorism, they, they, they warn the U.S., hey, it's going to come to you, too, if you don't stand with us. And we're like, oh, no, we don't. We're America. It never happened. Then we had 9-11. Then we had all these other terrorists. We've been having it. So they're about to have a world war for their region. You know, they're about to, I mean, they're, they're looking at Lebanon, Jordan. All these nations, uh, they just they had last week, Hamas hit them one day, Lebanon missiles on the next day from the north, and then from the east, Syria. And then, so so that's, and then we're kind of surrounded America, right? We got China, Russia, they have their submarines popping up in our waters, undetected sometimes, nuclear. So it, it's, it's a dangerous time. But usually right around that time, God brings revival. So like, but then you have Asbury, you've got the Jesus movie. So there's two things. It's, it's either all out revival, or it could be all out war. Most great awakenings had had a great awakening, and right after there was a war. So the great awakening, first one civil war, next great awakening, we had another war, and now we're into worldwide awakenings, and the enemy's trying to bring World War Three. The enemy's trying to stop it before we get everybody saved. So it has to do with that, also how how we are with Israel. Israel's about to go to Psalms eighty three. You know, Psalms eighty three talks about a war with the neighboring countries, not yet Iran and Russia and Gog and all that, and and it talks about the neighboring countries which is what's happening right now. Saudi Arabia was interesting. They're supposed to work with Israel. And all of a sudden, they just went with Iran two weeks ago. And they said, oh, we're going we're gonna to make friends with Iran again, our enemy, which looks good, but it's not good for Israel. So, and it does mention the, 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 the flocks of Dedan, D-E-D-A-N, that's Saudi Arabia. So I think America, we have to pray for revival, repentance, soul winning. How we handle that and how we handle standing with Israel which has not been great right now with this administration will determine what happens. So I think it's day by day, bit by day. Um, it, 
it's just really interesting what's happening. Like even the arraignment of Trump happened that happened last week. That happened on the eve of Passover, with the same day Jesus was arraigned when they took him in. Oh wow! So there was a parallel in the spirit on that. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit elijahstreams.com/give and become a partner today. And then the day that he's going to be final, come back to court. That day, I think it's the 21st of Kislev on the Hebrew calendar, December. It's the day that when Alexander the Great came to Jerusalem, he was going to destroy everything, the temple, kill everybody. The rabbi convinced him, the head rabbi with the holy priest and the holy of holies, he had the thing. And he talked to Alexander and he said, hey, we'll, you know, you're going to take over the country. So don't worry, we're not going to rebel against you. And in fact, we're going to name all our firstborn children Alex, Alexander. So to this day, there's people named Alexander in Israel because of that. And he was so moved. He said, show me your temple. Show me your, he didn't destroy the temple. Really? Do what he could have done under Alexander the Great. So, and then, so it's like God kind of, so it was supposed to be destroyed at that point and it was vindicated. So I think we'll see what happens, but I'm not, I'm not prophesying this is going to happen, but interesting that major events happen on the biblical calendar, Eve of Passover. So I think America, I think we have two years of revival. The Lord showed me about one or two years ago that 2023, 2024, during the pandemic, you can start showing me that's going to, the harvest is going to be the ripest you'll probably ever have. And that's why all these doors are opening. He says, go and reap as much as possible before 2025. And I think it depends on what we do these next two years will determine which way America goes. Economically, politically, we're really hanging in the balance. It could really go either way. Um, you know, even the, the, la the last election of Trump, I told people a month before, I said, it's not for sure he's going to win. It could go either way. And and I I prophesied before he'd win, Obama would win the second term. But that one, the Lord said, watch out. A month before, it could go either way. And if we don't, and they told me, if you don't fast and pray on the election process, it will be rigged. This is exactly my words on our show. I said 100,000 people watching, exactly what happened. And I feel the same for America as a whole. It's not for sure, for sure. People say, well, is revival's coming. We're going to be the greatest economic power. God's going to, or others are just doom and gloom. It's all bad. We're just going to be destroyed. And we're going to be nuked and all that. It's not. Either it depends on what happens. So as for me and my house or my state, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to stand with Israel. We're going to win souls. And so it really depends. And if my people, who's at the Christians, the believers called by my name, humble themselves, pray, that's fasting, repentance, turn from the wicked ways, I'll forgive their sins, I'll heal their land. So that's Asbury, repentance, forgiveness. So that's the hope. If America repents, there's a hope for us. That's good. And also the, th the second thing we have going for us is America since like uh, I'm going and, and you're going and what you're doing in Africa, we're going to that we're sowing to the nations. And God didn't forget that. And all the missionaries that have been going around the world, the crusades. So God is not forgetting that remnant in America that's that's sending the gospel out. So I think one of the greatest things we could do is get the gospel out to the ends of the earth. So, so I think America's in it. We're in a, a two year and it's it's just intensity. Like the doors are opening for the harvest. So just this last week we confirmed Kenya. We're going in November, hundred thousand people. Another Pakistan won 300,000 people in one crusade September, and possibly another Pakistan again of several hundred thousand, not a hundred, several hundred thousand in October. So that right there is like half a million people just right there, just September, October, November. That's not including Israel, the U.S. stuff, all the other nations, Argentina next week. Argentina, they're so hungry. <laughs> they're already telling me, they're like, we believe that this is going to be a revival. There's 400 pastors organizing this. You need to come back at the end of the year, the very end or the beginning. And then we're going to do a stadium and then come back again. And we'll do a bigger stadium. So they're like, in their mind, we're going for it. So all these nations are like, it's now because it's now worldwide. It has to happen now. And if we wait for a world war, when wars happen, you can't have, you know, you're not able to do open air meetings like in Ukraine. You can't do a big crusade in Ukraine right now. Yeah. So I yeah, feel I like imagine. if we don't take advantage of it now, we can lose something. Let me ask you a question about this because uh, um, I've talked with other people and there there had been a study from billy graham's thing years and years ago that after all of the years of the, his crusades they did an, they did a study that something like only six percent had stayed with the faith of course i have no idea how well that uh, poll was how they would how could they even track that kind of thing what would you say about that issue in foreign countries i mean i believe i saw those people's hands raised i believe they they raised their hands to receive christ what what can you say about their um, their 
The follow up, yeah. Yeah, the follow up or how how many of them will stay with it or is it simply too early to tell because this is happening so fast? What what would you so say? So several things. One is follow up, so it depends who you work with. You have we have t- hundreds of pastors there that bring the people that are able to follow up on them. They know where they, they brought them in the buses, so we we pay for them. So they they help bring them, they know where they live. So there's a follow up. But number two is if you don't this is a real big one, deliverance. So if you say the sinner's prayer, amen. And you go home, but you're still bound by adultery, murder, violence. And they get home and those demons start raging. That's why they don't show up in church on Sunday. And there's some, if you look in the scriptures, there's many scriptures that say, actually, they'll put deliverance first. Deliver, cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead. You cast out the demons first. A lot of times their sicknesses are healed because they're connected to their body. And so they get home. The demons are gone. They're in the right mind. They're not pulled to go back. And they go, hey, would you come to church on Sunday? Yeah, yeah, of course. I just got saved. In the Billy Graham era, it was just the salvation message. There wasn't deliverance. There was no spirit. And I think uh, that's, yeah, it just didn't move in that. So I think that's a big part. So if they're not getting delivered and all the things that bound them are trying to pull them back and and, and there's no one following up on them, maybe in those days they didn't do like you now. There's no one, hey, I'm going to invite you. Come on, I'll pick you up. Let's go to church. Let's get, then yeah, then you're going to lose most of the harvest. You know, if you have a big, if you sow and a big harvest comes and the farmer doesn't pluck it at the right time. It just it's, it's going to. Yeah. So I think there's that. We're in a different era too, and it's so oppressive in these countries. They get finally feel Jesus. They're like, I don't want to go back to what I had before. So I think there's a difference, but also it's how you do it. You know, do you have is there follow up? Is there any kind of mechanism? They say I think I heard a, a, another study that when someone gets saved within like 48 hours, someone needs to call them, follow up on them in some way, or then you start losing them, and they start their mind starts going, Oh, did I? really want to change my life and, and the temptations. Yeah. So I think it's going to be different in this last, because Jesus is going to get the fullness of what he paid for. Well, yeah, he's not, it's like Jesus is at a time when he's not messing around, not that he ever did. But I mean, in these last days, it's been the last days since the times of Christ, but in yeah. these last days, it gets more and more intense. And it's like you said, God's given you a two year period where if there's ever people going to come to the Lord, it sounds like this is the time to, to the harvest is, is completely white right for 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 harvest exactly. but i've heard that argument like oh so then don't do crusades because only six percent are going to get saved but even if that was true back then the six percent got saved so it's still yeah. worth it or well i was actually going through that in my mind earlier today thinking about this issue you think i was going to maybe ask you about it because even if let's say uh someone said well a hundred thousand people came to this massive um la coliseum event or something and they and and people said every single last person i'm just making this up because it's not an actual number but only six percent got saved well that would be six thousand of the hundred thousand in other words i'll take that as opposed to not having yeah. done the event right so but exactly but we we hope for a great well, it's like someone uh, at the airport says How, can i can you pray for me to be saved you don't go oh i don't want to do that because i'm traveling and I don't know if someone's going to follow up on you in the next 48 hours. And I don't well, know you. So I'm just not going to lead you to Jesus because I'm scared. That's really you might good, not David. That's a really, really good one right there. And how many makes... of you watching someone led you? How many of you watching? I bet you everybody. At some point, someone shared the gospel to you. You met yeah. them in the store. And then yeah. you, they left. They, they didn't, you didn't, and somehow God kept working on you until you got saved. So yeah. God is also able to keep sending people also for the one here, one there. I'm not going to go, oh, I don't want to pray with you about Jesus or tell you about him because if I do, I don't, I, I'm in Argentina at the airport and I don't know who's going to follow that's up on you. That's a really good argument. I mean, that's that's a flawless argument. Isn't God and, able to keep yeah, doing you? If he divides really an appointment, good. have me meet you, can he continue? Oh, so there's that too. you got to trust the Holy Spirit also yeah. in the process. That's really, really good. So, um, well, anything else you want to share? Let me see my notes if there's... Um, we talked about uh, the prophetic. Did you talk about the the prophetic sig- significance of Passover? That was on my notes. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't share that. Yeah, yeah share talk that about quick. that. Yeah. So uh, there's a. I call it seasonal portals. Is what I call okay. them. There's times on the calendar where something opens up. Just like there's places on the earth where there's revival or glories moving, and you get there and you're like, wow, I could feel the presence. There, there's time. There's even places like in Israel. You go to Jerusalem, upper room. You go, Gal. You can feel the presence. There's seasons on the calendar where if you stop what you're doing and worship him with God's people, something opens up and a massive blessing comes. And that's called the feast, Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacles. Imagine if at Pentecost, they, they said, oh, we don't need to celebrate this. Jesus died. He rose from the dead. He, you know, he, he, we're good. We don't need. No, no. Jesus told them to keep celebrating those feasts. So they went back to Jerusalem 
Pentecost, the word of God, waiting on him, and the Holy Spirit fell. Imagine if they missed that because they didn't show up. And then Feast of Tabernacles, the Bible says in, in the Zechariah, every nation will still come up to Jerusalem even when Jesus comes back during the millennium. That's where Tabernacles, isn't it? Every nation yeah, and it says up if Egypt does not come up, the Arab nations, to Jerusalem to send at least somebody up there to represent Egypt to worship the Lord, I will not pour rain on their land. Yeah. And that's when I got the revelation. So what, do I have to wait for the millennium? What if I start celebrating the feast now? Not with legalism. Some people do it legalistically. Yeah. Not 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 Judaizing people. But Jesus says keep the it says keep the feast in the Bible, but not with the old leaven, but with the new. He's the reason for the season. Yeah. So so like that's why we just had our glory conference here. The glory just exploded. Miracles, demons coming out, metals coming out of people's bodies. Like that's not legalistic. That's the revival. So the feast. So this fifty day portal between now and Pentecost, these next fifty days, you, you watchers, you'll notice high angelic activity this next 50 days you'll notice an acceleration divine appointments doors will start to watch the doors and the connections you make in these next 50 days we're in high spiritual activity so between passover and pentecost it's always something that opens up and it's not surprising what's happening in israel right now there's some battles going on and some missiles and war and the government it's so because it's like the devil knows something's up he knows the time is short so if you press into the the, the feast and say, okay, God, I'm going to worship you during Passover. I'm going to worship you at Pentecost. I'm going to gather with God's people. I'm going to give to what God's doing. I'm going to repent of anything in my life. And Lord, I pray you would pour out your spirit on me even greater than before. Your glory. Use me to win soul. You know, and even the last few days, like all these doors have been confirming. Like uh, only within the last week, Israel has reopened up to do another one. Kenya confirmed 100,000. Uh, Pakistan, 300,000. This is just in the last week, right as we come into the feast. All these doors started more start opening, 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 and so part of it was because we blessed Israel, but part of it was the the, the feast. We've been all, worshiping Jesus all week for Passover, so yeah, it's there's something about the timings of God during the you know He He died during a, a feast. Well, and I think conceived. you're wise in pointing out because some people um, the 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 alternate side is if someone always keeps a feast, but then they criticize and look down on someone who doesn't. That's not good either. So it's the no, balance no. is. Keep the feast out of joy and love and happiness and and praise and for what it all they all speak about Jesus every last one of them, but if you're yeah. speaking of it because the Torah requires it and that's the only reason you're not in a very uh, faith filled spot you know very faith no no you're place. free no you're, no you're free like the thief on the cross and time to do anything yeah. so it's not into salvation it's more like yeah. oh I don't have to give in the offering ever give anything to God financially because I'm saved. Yeah, you're saved, but you're going to miss out on certain blessings. Oh, yeah. I don't have to go to church every Sunday. Yeah, but why wouldn't you? Then you'll be weaker spiritually. I don't have to pray every day. Okay, try not praying for a week, see what happens. It's like, so it's kind of like God's inviting you to this party called the feast. Yeah. Here's, here's, the, here's these built-in blessings you get to have. You don't have to go to the feast. You don't have to get all the blessings and extra glory and extra favor and extra finances. But why wouldn't you if God's inviting you in? So to me, it's more like it's not a legalist. I think it's why wouldn't you? It's it's scary for you on this it, Pentecost thing. Let's do this, and maybe I'll ask you to pray for the people. Um, a lot of Pentecosts have come and gone, and being a prophetic, I like to follow and looking at the Hebrew days or the Jewish days yeah. or the, on the Jewish calendar, the feasts and all that. And a, a lot of Pentecosts have come and gone, and I go, oh darn, another one went, and I, and and I didn't see anything happen, but I was praying for it, I was believing for it. Um, what what do you have to say, if anything, about this coming Pentecost? Yeah, I'd say if that happened to you, just come to our Pentecost conference at the end of May. You know, so uh, when we we gather, we expect God to show up, and like the last Pentecost was off the charts, like the craziest stuff happened. So if you gather together and it's Pentecost, maybe you went somewhere where nothing was happening. Just go where something's happening. Go where That's there's good. a move of God. But it, it it just there's a blessing when you honor. Thank you, Lord, that you brought the Holy Spirit and you brought your word, the Ten Commandments at Pentecost. We worship you. We, something's going to, you know, something's yeah, going to. I mean, and you're right. There's something to be said about, because I've, I've been not too happy when I've heard someone say, well, God knows my address. I don't have to go somewhere. He knows where I live. So if he wants, no, no, no. There's something about getting up. Like you just said, if you don't leave Egypt and go celebrate tabernacles in, in Israel, you know, God yeah, may You're just, missing that rain. You're yeah, yeah, you missed the, the rain. So your point is very well taken. You know, if because my th thought was, I I live in and worshiping communities that are spirit filled communities, so I kind of expect good things. But 
there might be something to, to jump in on an airplane going somewhere else on Pentecost yeah. where they really actually expect the fire to fall or something. Yeah, you, know? you know, if you go where God's already moving, that's easier to, to, to do it that way. I was in yeah. France for 12 years and I didn't understand the feast. I didn't do I didn't grow up with all this. Yeah. And then one day I was fasting, praying and God told me, Hey, watch what happens at the feast. I didn't understand the feast. And I noticed over a pattern of like 10 years or, or several years, every time I'm preaching in it's Passover or Pentecost, and I don't even realize it until after. Like, oh, did you know it was the feast of Pentecost? I go, oh, wow. It's always super higher glory, power, favor. And I keep noticing this pattern. Or when I'm praying, I'm visited by God much more. Kind of like Bob Jones and all these prophets. Yeah. Yom Kippur. They would get visited by God in Yom Kippur. And they're not like Hebrew. Right. You know, they're hillbillies from, you know, like Bob Jones. Yeah. Right? And, but, or, and they would just get visited every year on Yom Kippur because it's a portal. It's not, you don't have to do it. You don't have to fast. God's God paid the price. But there's something that opened you spend time. And he would get visions, and he would get prophetic for the next few years for America. So it's like, so they stumble on it by accident. So the Jews know it according to the word, they just do it. The Gentiles accidentally bumped into the glory, like, oh, wow, there's something about this day. So I started realizing that. And I went, wait, why didn't I do it on purpose? So our first like crusade type thing in France, we did it at Passover. All the pastors told me no one's going to show up. That's Easter Sunday, which is, it shouldn't be called Easter, it's Passover. I said, well, God told me, and it packed out. People got saved, miracles. Then we did it on Pentecost, and we did. So that's why our conference, we actually purposely do it during those times, because all I, I know is it's even more. Now, I do them in February. I do them other times. But the times we do it during the feast, we get extra excited because the level is just higher. I don't know what it is. We don't do anything different. We just worship, and they come. Just everything's higher. The glory, the favor, the, the, the miracles. That's amazing. Everything is on a high. So I just get excited, like I don't know, some God's going to visit us in a special way. Well, and that's I can see why He keeps visiting you because you you keep your expectations high. And I know there's a lot. I know they they just put me note that we did have a one minute video that we were going to play from your Pakistan event. So let's oh, yeah. let's go ahead and play that, Emma. Sure. Yeah. Jesus loves Pakistan. Holy Spirit, feel this place. I thought through this Jagat or Babur that your glory come. We invite the host of heaven to be released. Your ears open up. Only he heal your body. He save your soul. Feel the presence of God. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, David, uh, you feel like praying for the people, and then I think we may have one little... Uh, well, show that first, if you will. Uh, Emily, let's show that. Is that the one you were just talking about in May? Yeah, and they can go to the, thegloryzone.org if they want to come to that. Yeah, and Joshua Mills, I know, and your wife as well, and yourself, and I, I don't know. Uh, there's, Liberty. A, a, there's Liberty Turnip Seed. She's a prophet. Okay. Uh, Michael Bess's worship. There's also Holy Spirit coming. There's Jesus. There's the angels. <laughs> Yeah, and you, you know, you're one of those, I've been in your meetings where you you see the angels walking up and down the aisle. It was fun to watch that. So that's good stuff. Uh, well, go ahead and pray for the people, if you will, David, whatever sure. God gives you. Well, Lord, I just bless those who are watching right now. Lord, I pray that your glory, your presence, the excitement of the hour and day we're living in would come on people. Yeah, They wouldn't be focused on the negative, the doom, the gloom, but they'd be like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest hour. I was born to be on the earth at this time. Oh God, here am I, send me, use me. Do something in my life. Let me fulfill my destiny. But I pray that spirit of destiny would come on God's people and they would be actually, I'm excited that they would be excited. They wouldn't be weird, yeah. weary or worried or in yeah. fear. They'd be like, this is the greatest hour. God's going to use me the greatest because time is short. So I pray an spirit of evangelism would come on people. They start sharing their faith again. Like when they first got saved, they were more zealous and maybe they lost that zeal. Let yeah. that fire and that zeal come back where it's naturally, they just start sharing at the grocery store, at the mall. Hey, I see your back story. Can I pray for you? And just start flowing or prophetically just scaring to people. I pray for a spirit of revival and the first love, where they come back to their first love, they just are hours just spending time with Jesus, worshiping yeah. him. Like when they first got saved, restore back the first love of believers that are watching today in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. David, thank you so much. The GloriousZone.org, people go there to support uh, David and his, um, and, and your whole ministry is called the Glory, Glory Zone? No it's, no, it's called DH, David Herzog Ministries. Okay. Okay. And that's just the website for? But, but the, that's just the name of our website. Yeah. Because we had a show before called The Glory Zone. So we just kept the name. Okay, so thegloryzone.org. But I appreciate you, all that you're doing and just, ha just having me on and share all these things. You're giving to so many. I didn't even realize the Africa project that you, you're a crazy giver, by the way. I don't know if people know this. Steve Schultz, this guy's a crazy giver <laughs> and he has a huge heart, not just for his ministry, but for you know, a lot of ministries just focus on their ministry. But, but Steve, like he wants to help everything. He wants up yeah. the poor. He wants his souls. He wants to bless Israel. He, so that's, yeah. like, I think that's why God's favors on you too. You have a huge heart and, and you're a giver and you care. So there's, well, there's something, you have a sweet spirit. Yeah. Well, thank, thanks, man. I appreciate it very, very much. You're very kind. So, all right, Dave, thanks so much. We love you. Give our love to your wife and team and uh, we'll stay in touch with you and stay in touch with me. Let me know what the, what your yeah. budget is on that when you can. All right. Thanks to everybody thanks listening. So tomorrow is Johnny and though he, he couldn't be there today, so he'll be here tomorrow. Uh, Monday, uh, that'll be Tuesday for him. So we will see you all tomorrow. God bless you, everyone. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.